Hello, everyone. Welcome to my podcast. My name is Pastor Edwin. We're here. This is OSL Faith Builder recording. Um, being right with God, level one, OSL level one, being right with God, Faith Builder, The Sluggard. And this is part three of The Sluggard. Let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time that you've given us, Lord, to come to you, Lord, with this teaching, to come to you to learn from your holy word, Lord. Let your words flow out of my mouth, Lord, that we can receive this, Lord. We know that this the ending of this part three isn't a long one, Lord, but we pray, Lord, that even these the short things that we receive from you are 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 um imprinted in our hearts and our minds, Lord, to remember the things that you teach us on how to overcome sin in our lives, how to overcome the things that we cannot see, Lord, and to spiritually search out, Holy Spirit, that you can anoint us with your presence constantly, Lord, that we can receive uh, the anointing of wisdom, clarity in our lives, direction as the way Father God wants us to go. I pray uh, um, that no distractions will come and interfere with the teachings of this uh, um, segment here my lord my god i pray for the brothers and sisters that are listening here that they will receive what exactly it is that you want them to receive into their hearts and their minds that they may continue to grow and and gain uh, um, uh, clarity and wisdom lord from you and to seek you out and, and draw near to you lord that way they too can overcome sin in their lives and, and make disciples of others and reach out into the lives of those that they love and those that they don't even know they love yet, Lord, but that those that you have appointed in their lives, they can go into it. We give you the glory, Father, as we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Okay, welcome back. This part, like I said, is not very long, part three. We were so close last time, but we did run out of time on our podcast recording, so we had to just let it go, not force it. God is in control of everything, right? So if we trust in God, we have faith. And we have faith in God, then we trust in Him. And we have hope that all things are going to be for His goodness, that all good things are going to happen to us. So therefore, we believe this, and, and we allow Him to have control of our lives to lead us and guide us into the greatness that he has planned for each and every one of us so open up your bibles now to proverbs 26 we're still there because we're talking about a sluggard we're talking about a, a, a pattern in someone's life where sin has continuously kept growing living in their lives and they don't even realize it they don't realize that overgrowth if you're a community if you're a church if you're a, a ministry or whatever it is that you're allowing something to to cover your eyes from seeing uh, the absolute truth of God and, and you start to smother it and you smart, start to, to hide the truth with uh, excuses and you allow compromise to come into your teachings. You allow compromise to come into your home, into your ministry. Then we, we, we look at this here teaching the sluggard. Okay. And I thank God again. Uh, I thank God for allowing us to have this, this, uh, direction, this path into going into these different things like, um, the 13 characteristics of a sluggard. And I think we left off on. 11 we were going into 11 we finished with 10 and we we're going into 11 which 11 is detestable things and what are detestable things 
Things that are detestable can be so many. I mean, they're not that horrible. But these are things that can be detestable. Where people tell you they're going to do something, then they don't do it. What does that show us? That there is, their integrity is compromised. The integrity of their words, what they're saying, their, their representation of God that he places inside of us, that scriptures tell us that who we are, uh, um, that we allow this compromise to take over our lives, which is sin. There is sin that was because we don't know the truth and we're saying we do. We don't love Christ with our hearts, but we're saying with our lips that we do. We don't love Christ with our hearts, but we say with our lips that we do and our actions walking around acting as if we do and, and taking part in this and taking part in that and trying to be a part of it, covering up the real reason that uh, we're there and it's not to receive the truth of God. So detestable things here, we're going to talk about how um, we were talking last about being a business owner and having a sluggard in there and not knowing, not doing exactly what he needs to do, but meddling and, and, and deceiving people and then gossiping about certain marriages and destruction. So we went through a lot of things so far about a slug characteristics of a sluggard and we're coming to the end here where we're on number 11 now remember there's two more to go after this one so these things that we talked about before like um the um the line on the road yes let's talk about the line on the road this is this is a, a pretty big excuse that a sluggard uses all the time you know he makes it clear it's completely impossible excuse it's an impossible excuse to get to where i need to do to do what i need to do so they say lies like there's there was a line in the middle of the road yes but you said you would do it and people depend on you to do it but you just don't do it and you become an irritation to other people, you know, and this becomes detestable because after a while it's like, man, we got, why do we got to keep putting up with this dude or this woman or whatever the case may be, right? And let me tell you something about the sluggard. Should we cut them a little slack? Let's cut them a little slack for a second. They don't realize they're being irritating. They don't realize that they're doing this. They don't realize it at all. In fact, they think everybody around them just had a bad attitude. They think it's us. They think some, someone else has the problem, not them. The issue is them. Right? That it isn't them. So, as we go into number 11, we're looking at the sluggard. Um, they have one problem after another. Okay? In Proverbs 15, chapter 26, verse 19 says, is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. Is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. And this becomes, again, irritating. It becomes a, a detestable thing where people get sick and tired of it. it it's wrong. But the way of the, and listen to what verse 9, the way of the lazy man is like one after, uh, uh, like a hedge of, that's not the part that we read there. Hold on one second here. Okay, I see. Yes, 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 I see. Well, I jumped my notes. Um, this is um, 15.9. Proverbs 15.9. And it says, The way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but he loves him who follows righteousness. Again, let me read that out because we're talking about detestable things, right? And things that are detestable, God doesn't like. It's wicked. The way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. 
but he loves him who follows righteousness. When he follows righteousness. And then we're going to hear, uh, uh, read in verse 19, chapter 5, or sorry, chapter 15, verse 19. The way of the lazy man is like a hedge of thorns, but the way of the upright is a highway. Listen to that. The way of a lazy man or a lazy man is like a hedge of thorns. The way of the upright is a highway. You know, the lazy person looks at the person that's not lazy and they think they got it easy. See, it all goes right for them. Look, their whole life is just smooth like a freeway. They just cruise on by. Nothing. They're going through nothing at all. Well, if my life was like that, and they start thinking, right, I do. I, I would do that too, you see. Now, let me just, let's stop for a second. Many of these tendencies are found in people that do have some disadvantages. I think of single parents. Uh, of single parents, people that are disabled. How many of you know there are other things that would play into the same characteristics that would come from laziness? And it's not easy to be a single parent. It's not easy to have a disability. And these things do happen. So just remember that. Just because a lot of these characteristics are there, that doesn't mean it's absolutely laziness. Like I was explaining in the last session, it doesn't mean that these people are sluggers. It doesn't mean that they're lazy. It just so happens that this is how it's going. This is how the cards are played. This is how the other side flipped over and this is what you got. You served and you trust in God. That person trusts in God and has faith in God that all is going to come out well because they hope in God. See, so they got to go through these trials and tribulations that we, we all recognize and know that they go through them and even through exam, through, through experience myself in those things. But these characters would not come from other things that would play into the, they play into the same thing, but they would not come from people that are, are true in heart to God. It just seems that way. So just remember that, okay? Now they have one problem. Um, we have to be honest with ourselves when when it, when it is a sluggard, and we see this that it is a sluggard, that it is a lazy person. They have one problem after another. So the lazy person will look at the person that's not lazy and think. It was because you've got it easy because everything happens, you know, uh, goes smooth for you. You, you don't go through the uh, trouble. It could be that person doesn't wear his troubles on his shoulder, doesn't mope around like, oh, woe is me. No, this is so heavy. No, the man that carried or woman that carries their cross to follow Christ doesn't complain about the cross. See? Remember the story, I don't know if you guys ever were in uh, service with me, you know the story that I told about the two men walking with carrying a cross and following Christ. And one of them complained and complained, man, this cross is heavy. Oh, why is it? I don't think God intended for us to carry this thing so heavy. Why is it so heavy? Oh, my goodness. And complained the whole way. And the other guy looks at him, at the complainer, and says to him, hey, carry your cross. You know, we're almost there. Just keep pushing forward. Don't stop. But as the complainer continued to complain, the enemy heard him. The enemy said, oh, I'm going to help you release some of that pressure there, my friend. Ha ha ha. I'll be your God for now. And I'm going to show you what you can do here. And boom, he shows him a, a saw. Right? He, uh, Saul appears in front, so he stops and starts cutting off the end of his cross. 
he cuts off and he trims off a piece of the cross, picks it up and starts following the other guy again. The other guy's looking at him with shaking his head in, in disbelief and man, you shouldn't have done that. What are you doing? He said, hey, it's lighter now. It's lighter. I tell you, God didn't intend us to carry all this weight, man. You know what I mean? He didn't intend us to go through all these things. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't. So as he kept going on, and they're getting closer to their destination, here comes the complaints again. Oh my goodness, this thing is still heavy again. Oh, why is it so heavy? So, hey, he already did it the first time. The devil's thinking, hey, let me show him another saw, see what he does with that. I guarantee he's going to cut another piece. So he gets, shows him another saw, and he stops and says, yes. And he cuts off some more of that cross, about another foot or two. Picks it up and he's like, ah, man, he's not even dragging it anymore. Now it's just sitting on his shoulder. And he's walking fast. He's almost passing the other guy dragging his cross. And he's telling him, look, man, you need to slow down. There's no shortcuts. Yeah, well, you know what? It's not heavy anymore. And like I said, God didn't intend us to carry all this weight on our shoulders. You know, he's our God. He carries all the weight, not us. So this guy's got it wrong, right? Yeah. So the story goes on where they reached a destination and there was a cliff. And across from that cliff was the pearly gates to heaven. It was the way into the kingdom. So the man that went ahead of him that never touched his cross, he lays the cross across right over to the other side of the cliff and walks over, pulls his cross, and waves at the other guy. Come on! At the complainer. The complainer snickers. He's like... And I got this. He takes his cross and when he throws it over, it barely makes it. Barely makes it. There's just It's just barely touching the end. And when he steps on that cross, it falls through. It falls down into the pit. So we can't allow the enemy to come into our lives and distract us. We cannot allow these things to happen. The lazy man does this. The lazy man doesn't want to carry his cross. See? He wants to do away with the pressure. He wants to do away with all that hard work and complain and argue. So the lazy person will look at a person that's not lazy and think, it's because you got it made easy. Like what? Like a hedge of thorns. In other words, everywhere once you get into in the, in the head of thorns, there's thorns everywhere you turn. It's an advantage. One problem, I can't believe, man, as soon as I mean it's a problem, I mean it's a problem after a problem. You realize this is some people. They, they go from problem after problem after problem. I'm sure some of you listeners or have dealt with certain people or were this yourself and have come to come from that. And that's why you're here today to go in deeper. Is seeking Christ and seeking the Lord more and more, drawing near to God. But eventually, after all those little problems and the complaints and everything, you know, that these detestable things, the excuses, it's a health problem. It becomes a health problem. It just does, it just goes on and on and on. But what they don't realize is that these things are dominoes. And one causes another, causes the other, and another, and so forth to fall. Ding, gling, 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 and they all, it's a domino effect. And 
then they come out with it. Can you help me out a little bit? A little help. Man, I, I can't believe this. these finances. They just, you know, they just caught up with me, you know. Uh, uh, these things come out of the blue, you know. Or, uh, what happened? And you start asking, what happened? Well, my car registration. You mean the annual car registration that comes at the same time every year? Yeah, yeah. I mean, th that right there. This thing. And <clears throat> I can't believe it. It just always comes at a bad time. I'm really having just a bad time with it. Well, let me tell you, had you been thinking about it, budgeting, looking at advance, knowing that when it was coming and backed up a little bit and said, well, it's going to be 250 So I'm going to put $20 away here and 20 there, you know, and, and start saving. And by the time you got there, at the end of the year, you'd have the money for it. The problem was that the DMV sent out somebody to study you and say, let's wait. Let's wait until they're in a tight spot. And they've got no money. Or unless send it to FedEx. And I mean, the next day after overdraft, a check, they're going to show up. No, they don't do that. They're just sending it out at the time that it's supposed to be sent out. <coughs> right? You could have very well found out what that was and be ready for it. But see, lazy people, because they don't do that, they never... Get around to finding out those things. They're good at watching TV and being wise in their own eyes of certain other things. But these things that they, their own responsibilities, they just don't do it. It catches them off guard. And so one problem turns into another problem, turns into another problem. And it continues going on and on and on. And these things become detestable because they start to lie. They start to do all these things that are not true, that are God does not like. See, they get into debt and then debt and then debt. And as much as, like I said, and it's not everyone like that. Some people have, uh, um, are going through trials and tribulations. Some people are disabled. I know, for instance, and experienced myself. I fell behind and I thank God that the, the lady that I ran from, she's a, been a blessing to my family and to myself here or, and allowed us to take, uh, uh, the time to repay what we owe and oh how horrible it feels to owe you know this type of money you're not trying to go into that and it's because you know i was injured i became disabled for a little while i mean i'm talking i hurt some i hurt some stuff in my back and my spine you know and i had to be careful with the nerves and everything and after it took a long time to heal even today i still feel the pain back there because i never got the operation i didn't want the operation you know, but I also didn't want the drugs either. So I took the lighter stuff. And because I take the lighter stuff, I didn't get the operation. I'm prone to get hurt again. And this has happened. So my mind says I can, but my, my body says, no, you can't. So when I start convincing myself that I can, I went and ended up getting hurt. And now you know. So those things kept me from generating a finance, you see. While the wife is home homeschooling the children, can't change everything around that whole chapter and say, all right, well, suddenly now I'm going to do it because I can't. I'll be under the weather. 
I couldn't do that. So she had to continue on. But we leaned on the Lord even more. And this is where you know. They lean on the Lord even more in prayer. And ask people to pray for you. Ask people to pray for healing. And to overcome this situation. And God will show you his glory. Hallelujah. And I can testify to that. That things will change as long as you trust in God. And if you trust in God. Then you believe in God. You have faith in God. You have hope in him. And you know that he has control over your life and you allow him to lead you into those things. So um, let's talk about number 12. Okay. Number 12. Number 12 is hater burns with envy. A burning with envy. <whistles> Sluggers burned with envy. Chapter 21, verse 25. That is Proverbs chapter 21, verse 5. And it says, The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. Am I reading this correct? Because I'll tell you what, it didn't sound like I was. That's not verse 5. We read verse 5. Okay, forgive me people. Go over to verse 25. <laughs> I'm looking at the paper so quick. Verse 25, all right. The desire of the lazy man kills him, for his hands refuse to labor. There it is. Chapter 21, verse 25. Let's read 26 as well. Chapter 21, verse 26. He covets greedily all day long, but the righteous gives and does not spare. See? The righteous will give. The desire of the lazy man kills him for his hands refuse to labor. It goes on to say he covets greedily all day long, but the righteous gives and does not spare. Let me tell you something about the lazy person. They have just as many dreams as we do and just as many desires as everybody else. But because they can't seem to get their hands to do anything about it, they can't seem to get and stay motivated to pursue those dreams and those plans. Have you ever felt that way? I sure have. I have felt that way. And man, that I questioned myself, not God, but I questioned myself. What am I doing? Am I not meeting the, 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 the truth here? And I'm not meeting what God says that I'm supposed to do? What am I doing wrong here? Am I, am I a, a slacking? Am I a sluggard? Am I lazy to these things? What is going on? I know in my youth I was. And that my, a lot of my youth was before Christ. Before Christ. Now, once I, I came to Christ, it's a whole different story. I wanted to do nothing but serve him and work and do the right thing. And man, these things occur. Trials and tribulations come. The deeper you go in, the more challenged you are by the spiritual demons out there. The closer you get to God, the more challenging it is. The more they come against you, the more they fight, the more they mess with your things, you see. But then they try to get you to think about that you're sick and all these other things. Look, man, they can pull the rug out from under you. You can get hurt. But if you have faith in God and you trust in God, you will be healed. You'll come from that. These are things that we have to grow into, right? But then I start asking myself, man, because of this, uh, um, these things that are happening to a sluggard, am, am I in this? I mean, I don't, I don't covet anybody's things, and 
Because a sluggard, it goes on to say, he covets greedily all day long, but the righteous gives and does not spare. Because they can't seem to get their hands to do anything. That's the part that I'm talking about. For so long, I couldn't get things, my hands to do things. I couldn't get things right. Like I put it together, then things would fall apart and I couldn't explain why. But God has made it clear these days as to why those things have happened. And if it's not clear to you today, I tell you, turn to God. Ask him these very things and he'll make it clear to you as to why they're happening. And if it's something wrong in your life, then of course, he's going to show you that through scripture, through a dream, through prayer. Whatever you see in your mind when you're talking to him on that subject and how to deal with it. So it kills them. It says it eats them away on the inside. They want to see those things happen. And so it goes on to stay, to say they covet. They coveted greedily all day long. In other words, they're watching other people accomplish the things that they want to accomplish. And they're saying, hey, I wanted that. Hey, I wanted to do that. I wanted to be that. I wanted that kind of car. I wanted that kind of house. I wanted that kind of marriage. I wanted that kind of promotion. And that's what, that's what I wanted. And it eats them away. It eats them away. They're not getting what they want. But they just couldn't seem to get motivated to do the little things that it takes on a consistent basis to get there. Sounds kind of familiar a little bit, doesn't it? When you, it sounds like your youth. Well, a lot, I know a lot of us in our youth, if, you know, uh, uh, this happened to you, you've blown a lot of money. You've walked away from these opportunities. You didn't think about, hey, let me bank some money, huh? No, I'm going to live for now. Living on a prayer. So <laughs> we can move quickly on to our last part here, which is uh, number 13, the last one. The last one is a sluggard. It tells us, I mean, I did get the consistent, uh, the conscious, it's a conscience coma. But I also want you to write next to the number 13, conscience coma. I also want you to write matrix coma. And if you haven't seen, well, I think it's a little explicit, if I remember correctly, uh, in words. But if you have the ability, um, there are some apps there that can help you watch a movie like that without all the bad words. Because that's not what you're looking for. I want you to, if you've never seen The Matrix, the part one, or even heard of The Matrix, what it's about, I'll share a little briefly with you what it is. And it's a man that they uh, um, were seeking that was going to help them. Um, kind of like uh, uh, they were going after a prophecy and finding this man, he was going to help them uh, come against this enemy. So the matrix is kind of what Satan does. Um, he puts people asleep. It's exactly what this teaching, this segment here, this part of the sluggard is about the overgrowth. The very beginning of the, the 13 characteristics is the, the overgrowth, the sin in the life that blinds us from seeing the truth. The Matrix, the Matrix, in fact, had, um, let me see, they had people in incubators, they were growing people for the energy. 
for the power. Kind of think about this for a moment. But they were all asleep. They were all asleep and they couldn't see what was going on. They couldn't see what was happening around them. They lived in this fake world called the Matrix. And in this fake world, they seen people, they tasted food, they worked, they made money, they lived lives, they had families, they had relationships, they did everything that we do in this world. But in that, in that world, the Matrix was a lie. It was a deception from the enemy allowing them to keep that overgrowth over their faces so they don't see the truth of what's really happening to them. So that's why I say this has a big point on uh, the very beginning, the whole the whole teaching here of this uh, um, part in Sluggard, Faith Builder. It reminds me of the Matrix. How the enemy has played games to make us live a certain way, be a certain way, hide a certain way. And it all starts with that covering where we can't see the truth. So in the matrix, they, they, they're waking, there's other people like ministers, uh, people that believe, believers, okay, that are waking other people up, bringing them out of those incubations and opening their eyes to, to see the truth and to then there and then know what the matrix is, and they come to find out what it is, that it's a fake world. It's a computer, it's a digital computerized world. Uh, 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 um, it's a download, it's an imprint in their mind while they're asleep inside the incubator and they think they're living their life. They think they were babies, they grew up and so forth, but it was all a lie. And this is where the enemy takes you in once you allow that overgrowth to take over your life. You think you're doing right. You're in ministry, you're a pastor, you're a minister, or you're, or you're, uh, uh, leading the, uh, uh, worship team, or whatever it is that you're doing in ministry, you know, and you think you're doing it right, but you have this sin in your life. They, and, and, you know, you're not reaching all the way, you're not receiving all the goals, you're not doing everything that the Word of God in the Bible tells you you should be doing through that ministry or through your own personal life and your home, and you allow destruction because of the overgrowth made you become a sluggard in the things of God, made you become lazy in the things of God. So therefore, you turned away from God without even realizing, recognizing it because you allowed one little thing. It could have been deep down inside an offense that you held inside of you. And that simple thing that you kept inside of you, hidden away, you want nobody to know about it, but you never even revealed it to God. You see, you kept it away and you're thinking and you're living your life like everything's normal, but that, that, that sin starts to grow. The hedges start to overgrow and it starts to cover your house. Hmm? The big bushes that start to overgrow in front of your house, if you don't trim them down, they'll start covering your windows and the gutters and the porch and everything else. And next thing you know, you can't even see the house. It's overgrown. So you can't even see what's happening in front of your face because the sin that's have overgrown in your life, you've been deceived by the enemy and you've become that sluggard, that lazy person, that the one that said, I serve Christ with my mouth, but your heart is so far from him because you have not repented of that sin. Open your eyes today. If this is you, if you see these characteristics in your life and you realize, man, I should be doing more. You know what? I don't even anoint my head and go into fasting to pray for people. Some people anoint their heads and go into fasting to pray to ask God to give them things. You know? And not many do it to pray for other people's health. 
I'm going to fast and put and stop living like I normally do and receiving that steak dinner or whatever or that big lunch or the two, three meals a day, Lord, for this person. Because I believe in you, God. I know that these you did not make us sickly. These are things from spiritual uh, uh, um, deception or demonic influences in the lives of our parents, our brothers, sisters, whoever it is, our friends, even in those ministries, even in those jobs, everywhere. There's a demonic influence that could bring this type of sickness to us. So what are we supposed to do? Christ showed us that these things, we have to go in deeper, right? When it's something like that, we recognize it. We have to go in deeper to fast and pray against these types of demons. So God will heal. Not that he won't heal any other way through prayer, because prayer is powerful, but go in a little deeper. People, give up yourself. Again, there's no friend that would give up their life. Give up what they got for another one, like Christ did. So here, I like to take the matrix at the end of this class, of the end of this faith builder, and share that matrix coma. So you've been in a matrix coma. People are in a matrix coma where they, they think everything around them is normal. Everything's okay. It's all good, but it's really not. It's really not. They've been deceived by the enemy, by themselves. They've allowed compromise into their lives. And as we read on in through the Proverbs, it shows us, it shows us exactly what, shows us exactly what a lazy person, what a sluggard is, and what he's going through. And in chapter 26 of Proverbs 21 through 26, it says, As charcoal is to burning coals and wood to fire, so is contentious, a contentious man to kindle strife. The words of a talebearer are like tasty trifles, and they go down into the inmost body. Fervent lips with a wicked heart are like earth, earthenware covered with silver dross. He who hates disguises it with his lips and lays up deceit within himself. When he speaks kindly, do not believe him, for there are seven abominations in his heart. Though his hatred is covered by deceit, his wickedness will be revealed before the assembly. And you following Christ, believing wholeheartedly, you can see these characteristics in that person, right? They're not motivated. Their hunger, notice again the hunger, the poverty. In other words, lazy people live on a sort of unconsciousness, an unconscious state. In other words, they're alive, they're living, breathing, their eyes are open, they're communicating and talking, but they're asleep and oblivious to the fact that this tendency in their life is destroying their life. Their life is destroyed. They just can't seem to wake up and realize that there's an issue here. An issue that needs to be dealt with and needs to be taken care of. So they're in a conscious coma. The matrix. Now before we leave, let's, let's turn over to uh, Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6. So Proverbs chapter 6, and we're going to start off here. We're going to start off in verse 6 because here there's some advice that God wants to give to the sluggard. 
And again, it's not if we're, we are, but it's to what degree we are. We could all use this advice. Proverbs chapter 6, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 6. Like I said, he says, Go, go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Which, having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come on you like a prowler, and your need like an armed man. Like an armed man. A need like an armed man. That's verse 6. And he says, Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider your ways and be wise. Here's point number one. Fill this in. Advice. Advice. First piece of advice is to go learn from people who are wise. Not all of a sudden believe that you know it all. Because you're becoming a sluggard. You're allowing that. How many of you know ants are pretty incredible? Have you ever sat back and watched ants work? I mean, I know it's kind of lame, but you watch ants. You'd be impressed how they work together, how they get things done. Have you ever seen ant laying on his back with two of his legs behind his head? Saying, hey, yo, pass the water drop. <laughs> Taking a rest? No. What do they do? They work all the time. And then they work some more. And when they, they, and when they don't, they work some more. And then they work and work and work and work. They're always moving. And he's saying, if you have these lazy tendencies, he said, you need, you need to go find people that do not have these tendencies and learn from them. Study them. Find out about them. It's not saying, listen to them. Watch and learn. Observe. God gave you eyes. Watch and observe how it's done. Okay. Yeah. You can hear them. Not saying listen to everything they say, but listen. Number two, study what I need you to underline is study what they do and how they do it. Study what they do and how they do it. What do you do? How do you do it? What time do you get up in the morning? What time do you go to bed at night? Ask questions. Listen. Everybody needs a coach. Everybody needs somebody to, to help them on accountability. Everybody. There's nobody that, he, that has their whole life so together that they don't need coaches. They don't need somebody to help them out. Everybody needs a coach in some areas of life. The question is, are you too prideful to ask? If we're following God and we're listening to what Jesus is telling us to do, then we're, we put pride aside. We ask. Think about it. Just think about it. The point is that a coach can see things in your life. A person standing on the outside can see things in your life that you just don't see. And then the next question is, will you believe what they tell you? Well, um, we all have blind spots in our lives. Things that pop out of the blue when you're even when you're doing good. And if you're too prideful to go and allow somebody that has developed themselves in a certain area or has been raised in a family that have these disciplines in their lives, they will not have the coaching that will help you. You, you just not listening to them. You're going to continue 
Notice he says, go to the ant. Consider their ways and be wise. And the verse 7 says, notice that ants have no overseer, no captain, no ruler. So point number three, underline this. Learn to be self-motivated. Learn to be self-motivated. Don't be like the kids where you say, go clean your room, and they come back. It's all clean. And you walk in there and you say, what's this? What? This ain't clean. What are you talking about? What underwear? What, What socks? I don't see none of that. Does it go in the middle of the floor? No. Where does it go? And you start going on and on and on. That's, what's the pillow on the floor doing there? Hey, you got to lay your face on that pillow. Why is it on the floor stepping all over? The kids have to be overseen. We should be able to walk into our house, to walk to our families, and assess and find out what needs to be done, who needs to be encouraged, who needs to be hugged, what projects need to be done. We shouldn't have to be told what to do because we're adults. Same thing when we go into a church and we fellowship with our brothers and sisters. We should be able to, to, to walk in there and say, hey, we know what needs to be done. Who needs to be encouraged? And who needs to be hugged? And what projects need to be done? We shouldn't have to be told. And so he says, learn from the ants. I mean, if you didn't, if you didn't know that there was a project and you didn't know they needed more help, that's different. But you could always ask and find out. And again, don't take on too much. It's okay to say no. But look at the ants. He says, learn from the ants. God says, learn from the ants. They have no captain. They have no overseer. They have no ruler. And yet they provide their supplies in the summer right away. Why? Because they're going to need it. They're harvesting. They're always working. They're going to provide for everyone. And they gather their food in the harvest, meaning they're prepared for the future. So point number four, learn to plan in advance. Like I said, we all need this. We all need it. We should all consider these things. This would include budgeting. Learn from the people who are good at this. I knew from back then, I, you know, I hired a guy. Remember I hired a guy, a foreman. And he didn't budget anything. He just purchased what he saw. Oh, he kept buying everything under the sun. And I'm like, what are you doing? Learn from the people who know something. It would include scheduling your calendar in advance, planning your life, your, your time, your life. Number five, learn how they execute the plan. Learn how they execute it, how they're doing it. How do they ex- execute the plan? Look at verse nine. The most important question that we've heard. Verse nine. This is not just saying, hey, it's time to go to work. Verse nine says, How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? How much longer? And how long will you allow it to go on in your life? And he's saying, stop and think about it. Write down your answer. Write down your answer. How much longer are you going to be lazy? And just write down two years, two more years, and that's it. But at least you're being honest and you're letting yourself know that you have no intention of dealing with it at this point. But he's asking you, how long are you going to let this go on? Because nobody else can change it for you. Nobody else can. 
if you haven't prayed, anointed your head and prayed and done the things that Christ has taught you, how long are you going to go on not doing what Christ told you to do? But yet call yourself a Christian, a follower, a believer. How long are you going to continue doing these things? Allowing yourself to hide the truth, to suppress the truth, to keep Jesus in your back pocket. How long are you going to continue doing these things? How long are you allowed the, those sins to overgrow in your life and not repent of them and, and put them out? Give them to God. Do away with them. How long? How long are you not going to give of the blessings that God has given you to pass it forward, to bless those that need? How long are you not going to pray for other people that need you to pray for them? How long are you just going to ask for yourself? How long is it going to take? He's asking how long. And you're being honest. If you're going to say two years, fine. Then two years. You're going to say two months, then fine. Two months. Put it to work. How long? You're not lying to me. You'd be lying to God. If right now you write it down in your journal, in your notes, how long? Huh? How long? Nobody else can change it for you. And so, number six, when will you wake up and change? Number six, when will you wake up and change? I hope you guys are writing these down. When will you wake up and change? Or you're underlining them in, in the verses here that I gave you. So verse 10 and 11 says, A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come on you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. So when these things happen to you in your life, you're going to need something. And you're going to come out and start asking people. And then you're going to get mad when people don't give it to you. When people don't believe you, they don't want to help you. You're like a prowler and you need You need help. So number seven, the same old song will produce the same old results. The same old song will produce the same old results. And if you keep singing that same song, if you keep approaching life the same way, you'll keep getting the same results that you've been getting over and over again. So what's the point? So what's the point? The point is no more. Stand firm and say no more. From this day forth, no more. I'm going to be, I'm going to have a relationship with the Lord. Spiritual life. I'm going to worship. I'm going to lead into prayer. I'm going to read the word and all those things that take time. Lord, I thank you for speaking to us today, Lord. And you're going to give him thanks even right now. I thank you, Lord, for allowing us, Lord, to come to this place here. And give thanks to the Lord every day, even now as you're listening to these teachings. The same old song will produce the same old results. Break from that. Break from that, my brother. Break from that, my sister. Break from that, family. Church, do you hear what God is saying to you? Do you hear what he's saying to you? So here, we're going to close. We're done here. That part three. OSL. Faith Builder. The Sluggard. The next one, the next teaching coming up will be the Great Exchange.
I encourage you to be prepared for the great exchange. So I'm going to close out with this powerful prayer. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all my iniquities, O Lord, who heals all my diseases, who redeems my life from destruction, who crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies my mouth with good things, so that my, my youth is renewed like the eagles. But he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement for my peace was upon him. And by his stripes I am healed, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. What then shall I say to these things? If God is for me, who can be against me? Blessed shall I be when I come in, and blessed shall I be when I go out. The Lord my God will make me bound in all the work of my hand, and in the fruit of my body, in the increase of my livestock. And in the produce of my land for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over me for good. As he rejoiced over my fathers. And the Lord will make me the head and not the tail. I shall be above only and not beneath. If I heed the commandments of the Lord my God. Which I am commanded today. To be careful and observe them. All my children shall be taught by the Lord. And great shall be peace of my children. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against me in judgment will be cast down and condemned. No evil shall befall me, nor shall any plague come near my dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. In their hands they shall bear me up, lest I dash my foot against a stone. For exaltation comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. And this I pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen.